And now, it's time for Steamy Potential. A podcast about great ideas for terrible TV shows. It's your hosts, Nick and Daniel! Welcome! Welcome to, to Steamy Potential. That's right. Got it. Yes. Got you, it in one. You got it in one. Uh, the uh, podcast where we come up with ideas for television shows and we pitch those ideas to each other. We talk about why they would or wouldn't work. We try and refine them. We think who could be in them. Uh, with the goal, the sweet goal of reaching 100 ideas for different television shows. And then mm. hopefully we'll get to pitch one of them to a real TV exec. Yes, that's the plan. And of course, with you today, as always, I'm Daniel, your co-deputy host. And you are Nick Conway, my Uber host. Yes, we are first and foremost friends. Mm-hmm. And second most um, business partners. But that friendship, I cannot stress enough, is so professional. It is uh, finely tuned. And it's finely tuned. And the government has recognized it as a formal partnership. Yep. We have to submit uh, tax forms every year. That's true. That is true. And I, I guess to step away from that bit, we maybe it's worth contextualizing that... Um, something I don't know if, if we've mentioned, but uh, our history is writing um, stage shows and musicals and, and comedy bits. And I guess the... Uh, I feel like we conquered that and have mastered that art form. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. No. One of no. Australia's first and foremost um, premier musical comedy rock funk band friendships. But... Now we're in a brave new world of TV, and we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So let's uh, let's jump in. Let's do it. Let's jump into our first mm. TV show idea. Yes, and I've got Let one a for steeplechase us. into it. I got a couple ideas uh, to pitch today. One of them I think is is fine. The other one is uh, a big big pile of crap. Um, Great. But let's start with the bar. Lower the bar for the the hurdle that the horse has to jump over. (laughs) That's right. That's good. Otherwise, it will fall and break its legs. And then it will be shot. Yes. In front of everyone. They won't even bother carting it out or giving it a little bit of food. They'll just shoot it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) of course. Well, it's it's heavy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's lighter when it's dead. It's much easier to to explain this to you. Well, the soul's gone. The soul's weigh a lot. That's true. A horse soul is actually four times larger than a man's soul. <laughs> That's right. And Farlap's soul was the biggest of all. Yeah. That's what they did. It was enlarged. Mm. Uh, so I'll, I'll kick it off. Here we go. So um, this, this TV show pitch, number one, for episode 21. Dear me. Idea is called Hungry for Success. Mm. Karen Kucher is a professional taster running out mm. of names, idea names. Yeah. Her job is to taste new fast food creations and determine whether they are delicious enough to go onto the menu. Furthermore, her expertise must see the marketability of the new product. You ever heard of Fat Chicken's Chicken Burger? 
It was a burger where instead of a bun, it was fillets of chicken on the top and bottom. And the fillets were mm-hmm. deep fried in batter made from bacon bits, then glazed with maple syrup. In the middle of the chicken buns was a slice of bacon and a waffle. It was a heart attack of epic proportions. It was delicious, and just as importantly, it was gimmicky and highly marketable. It began a wave of new fast food ideas, and it was Karen's idea. But the idea was stolen by her ex-best friend and classmate at Food Uni, Karen T. Yes, they're both called Karen. Another Karen. Cool. I love that. After kicking up a stink, Karen Kutcher got a bad rep and has to work for Bangbergs. A degrade, no nothing fast food chain. Karen is determined to come up with the next best idea. She is a ragtag team of nobodies. The manager of the store and CEO, Cable, he's a 19 year old, over enthusiastic, annoying little shit who is too nice and is disgusting. The chef, Stegbers, is grumpy as hell. <laughs> And the uh, the service, uh, the cleaner of the store, uh, Carrie, a real Dumbo. And by that, I mean mm-hmm. they have big ears. There are only three oh. restaurants in the whole of Australia, but Karen's a dynamo and is hungry for success. The show is called Hungry for Success. <laughs> oh, good. I had actually forgotten that. Um, so thanks for the callback. Uh, yeah, this is so, so, okay, this is very good. So it's... It's uh, she's kind of collapsed. She's lost everything, and she's got to claw her way back up from the bottom. And she's yeah. is she kind of a she's a whiz kid. She's a like a maverick at this stuff. I guess the fact that she invented the uh, what did you call it? Fat chickens, chicken burger. It's chicken burger. So fat chickens is the chain, imaginary chain, I made up. And, oh, I see. Yeah, uh, chicken burger is uh, as in a, chicken and bacon. Uh, portmanteau of chicken and bacon. Yeah, mm. chicken. Chicken. Yeah, okay. That's taken a little while to wrap my head around that yeah, word. It sounds a lot like shaken. It sounds like shaken. But uh, that's fine. Which is probably a more common word because it is a word. Mm. Shaken. Yeah. Nothing. That is true. It is a word. Uh, and but, you can't flip it because you can't do bacon plus chicken because you get bacon. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, it's bacon, but the, it's EN. It's yeah, you to, should be able to hear it. <laughs> you, bacon. Bacon. <laughs> bacon. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. So she's invented this like game changing naked. This is. Have you based this on a particular thing? Because I do know there's the naked chicken chalupa, which I think was this thing of replacing the, uh, the bun or the taco or whatever with a chicken breast so uh, i'm basing this off uh kfc had something called the the double i think ah uh, uh, yeah maybe about probably close to 10 years ago that double down very yeah. limited run and it was um just two chicken fillets and like bacon and cheese and um <laughs> yeah that's and, great and it was this this gimmicky burger which kicked off this like kind of revolution of um because it was like a hot hell you know it was a hot seller and like people like you know i i don't think i'd been to i've been to kfc maybe like twice in the last decade and one of those times was because i wanted to try this thing because it was ridiculous and so it kind of kicked off this you know like it became heavily marketable and 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 since then um yeah you know there's been a lot of gimmicky fun ideas you know right. like there's the pizza which has hot dogs in the crust or like has tiny burgers yeah. on it and there's yeah yeah there's all sorts and i'm sure in 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 the states there's um a lot more of that there's a lot more fast food mm. chains and restaurants in the states than there are in australia yeah, yeah. you know i mean especially with chicken like that there is a genuine chicken war on like upping the ante on 
absurd chicken based fast foods. Yeah. So correct. it fits right into it. Um, and so I listened yeah, to this I, I, I think this story, I think last year, which was um, about the, the, the people that, that come up with these ideas. And, you know, they just come up with the next idea and, and they'll bring it in and, like, you know, that idea will be on sale for a month and everyone will flock to their restaurant to try it, you know, if they nail it. And then mm-hmm. that's it. And so these guys, and they just kind of go into these restaurants. Um, or they go into the, their, their, their headquarters, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. business headquarters. And they've got, like, basically a mock-up of the restaurant that's not open to the public. And, you know, it's got cool. a little seating area. And there's, like, the, the bench. Uh, the, there's, like, the, the, the kitchen. And the chef will, like, they'll come up with an idea. Like, you know, um, let's go for, like, a potato dip but it's cheese cheese and mac flavored mac and cheese flavored mm. and then they'll the chef will work out how to make that and make that and bring it out to them and they'll taste it and they'll have like a they have like a spittoon they'll have like like a little bucket <laughs> that they'll like chew yeah. it and spit out because you know they need to be hungry and they'll, they'll taste the food and they'll be like okay this tastes good and but then they'll look at it and they'll be like you know it looks gross and that's going to be hard to to like market and like yeah. oh is the idea of it is the name of it good blah 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 blah, blah. you know and it, mm. so you know i think um it was just pretty interesting like job i think it'd be really fun i guess you have oh, to be, it'd be fascinating you know just kind of crossing over things you know and like you think about kind of the mcdonald's menu what they bring out you know they have the shaker fries which is simple but mm-hmm. great you know you get your fries and you get a weird seasoning and you shake them up and coat them perfect idea making food interactive is oh, excellent yeah Absolutely. That should be maybe that's her first like her first invention is like making the chicken interactive in some way. Maybe you gotta pluck like it's it's fake feathers or something and you gotta like finish plucking it or something before you eat the, the sandwich. Yeah, maybe it's like um Is that anything? Yeah, maybe it's like dinosaur thing. Well yeah, you gotta crack open its shell to oh, oh, see the cool. burger from in the inside. <laughs> yeah. I like okay. Dinosaur themed is cool. Yeah, it's like dinosaur breast. I mean, I I certainly associate mm. um, Godzilla or like Jurassic Park with like McDonald's just because of the toys at the time. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, I also really okay. So it's a very cool like idea for a job, and I mean it is a job, right? So the fact that it's real is also all the more delectable. Especially the idea that they have mock versions of the restaurant in some like highly sanitized corporate like environment and it's kind of it's like a shell right so like they kind of it feels like they're filming something and like the second it ends like everyone just all the like the animatronics freeze like maybe it's got yeah like fake like busboy or like a fake cleaner in the back and then like they shut it down all the lights close everyone like kind of truman showy yeah yeah Uh, i like that a lot and i i guess so is the angle here that she's She's the big wig. She's invented some really huge stuff. She used to be at the top of the top of the chain, and now she's down the bottom. And she's got to like reimbue this crappy little um, niche restaurant with her like pizzazz. And she's you know she gets down there and she's like, okay, so where's your uh, mock your mock like restaurant set? And they're like, well, well we only have this. We've only got a hundred square meters. And all of its fryers and grills and, you know, eating space. It's like, but you got to have a space to, like, rehearse. And so, like, maybe the first season is just her trying to build up, obviously invent the ideal, like, magical new chicken-based phenomenon. But also trying to, like, modernize this this restaurant. Is that part of the idea? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe it's better if, you know, you, 
they have a kind of a, a competition or something, you know, like the, the top of the class at whatever whatever university teaches people to do this. Um, mm. I guess it's like part marketing and part food technician. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe they have like a competition and like top of the class kind of gets offered the big jobs at like kind of the big chains. In this case, Fat yep. Chickens is like the number one in mm-hmm. this of course. imaginary world. And... Um, uh yeah and basically Karen T has stolen our our Karen Karen C's idea and then she got the big job and maybe then Karen has just yeah she's been disgraced from kicking up a stink and was able to get a job and then ended up obviously found a job in this chain and this chain is yeah like I think it's it's quite small and yeah they don't have yep. like a big office they just have the actual restaurant that she has to work out of and yeah it's messy and she's got to like come up with um like i still think they're uh, they're not i don't well, yeah, i mean maybe they are but in my mind they weren't like a like a dirty dingy restaurant but they're just not popular yeah. they're just yeah. kind of, they're boring you know and kind of a, a Mc, what's it called from coming to america uh, mcdowell's yeah mcdowell's yeah. <laughs> we got the golden arcs <laughs> Yeah, yeah, kind of an off-brand, <laughs> yeah, off-brand fast food chain. Fast food chain. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was thinking, like, the manager, have you seen where the Millers? Yeah. Um, you know, the son? The, the, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking he's, like, the manager of the hmm. this thing. Like, so much enthusiasm. So, yeah. like, happy just perpetually, go lucky, like, just, like, 17. Just not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, perpetually 17. <laughs> They're just not He's doing still well. 17. <laughs> you know, and then, yeah. And so, like, it's kind of like her and him. And then you've also got, like, the chef and maybe the service. Yeah, maybe. a good core cast of sitcom characters. You need a solid cast. Mm. Um, and then they, yeah, they go about, I guess she goes about trying to invent the next big thing. And And this is the question, like, yeah, what is that? season one necessarily about is it just kind of like you know is it as simple as like it's the there's like some event going on like some you know critics choice food award mm-hmm. that she's gonna yeah. try and have a stab at there there was one uh idea that i had but i think it just kind of subverts the whole uh, uh trajectory of the show and that is she invents <laughs> yes. a food that is equivalent to like heroin in a meal and anyone who eats it replaces their maslow's hierarchy of needs with eating this <laughs> a hierarchy of this <laughs> and they become yeah each yeah. level of the pyramid is this <laughs> like, chicken burger yeah sleep and survival kind of gets rocketed to the bottom and replaced yeah just trying to eat this thing all the time and people yeah die and lose their minds trying to eat this amazing food but then mm-hmm. then the show becomes something completely different it does i mean it could it could be an arc it could be like a sub season arc of <laughs> she finally finds something that people kill for but it comes with all these other problems she's got to solve and she's like putting out fires all over the place because <laughs> yeah you know like it's getting all bad publicity because people are you know, like crashing their cars and beating each other up just to get this chicken and she's got to like figure out a way to shut it down. I mean, it could be an episode, right? It could be just like from zero to 100 back to zero. And I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, yeah. And then she ends yeah. up, she invents this thing and then she has to throw in the bin. She's like, throws yeah. it in the ocean. She's like, well, <laughs> yeah. tomorrow's another day. <laughs> yeah, no one must ever know the secret recipe. I do, I like, the, I, it's, it's kind of got like good... 90s sitcom vibes in that way that like you just you you reset every episode and it's like well she just can't break through i guess maybe because like the rest of the people in the restaurant don't want to like maybe they're all just perfectly happy they're like but why do we need to 
become, you know, a huge franchise? Why not just don't like I enjoy my job as manager of this small, pleasant fast food joint. Maybe she's trying to convince them to like that there's more out there. There's a big world of fast food possibilities out there. Like, and I think that, yeah, I, I think that the overarching season one can be her coming up with this idea. Um, <clears throat> like, you know, like, a, like the, was it Mad Men season one? Is it he's trying to come up with a way to, for like Hilton restaurant, uh, hotels or something? I believe it. I don't remember it. Like, obviously, he's solving problems day to day, but I remember yeah. there's like one big account. Like an overarching that thing. he's trying to like solve. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I think maybe over the season one, it's like she's trying to come up just with this idea and like all the time she's always got her like napkins or little notepads and she'd be like on a mm. date or blah, blah, blah. Like little Mad <laughs> You Men. could almost she, do a perfect parody of Mad Men in that yeah, first episode. Yeah, you could. Like, yeah, she's sitting yeah. in her like a rest, like a bar. Like <laughs> like drawing a chicken burger, <laughs> like, like scribbling and like smoking. Someone drops off a beer and she like looks up at him and she's like, so... What would you say is your like like favorite meal to have at a fancy restaurant? I'm like yeah, yeah, oh, I love gonna love gonna French cuisine. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, she pulls out a little like chicken nugget out of her handbag, <laughs> just like s- sneaks it, sneaks it in during the bar, just like just to do a little taste test. Hmm. It's always working, I guess. Yeah, such a workaholic. Oh yeah, I like absolutely. I like that piece of it that she's like. It has got a bit of Mad Men to it, in a sense, like, she's just the most professional. Like, she takes it so seriously, and everyone else is like, but what's the big deal? It's just, you just make a chicken burger. Everyone likes chicken. She's like, no, there can be more. Like, there is artistic integrity to it. There's inventing an icon that people don't understand. Like, when I invented the chicken burger, it wasn't just a burger to me. It was, like, I don't want kids. I just want to make a burger. Yeah, that's how much she wants to make this iconic new burger. Yeah, great, 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 great. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, that definitely could could be this like overarching season one, just yeah. coming up with this idea. And whether it's like the gimmicky burger, or maybe it's she's just trying to invent their signature burger. Even you know what the Whopper is to Hungry Jacks, and what the mm-hmm. um, what the Big Mac is to to uh, to McDonald's, and what's the KFC to, to one? Big the Mac. Twister. The no, what is it? Um, ah, fuck, I, don't know. I feel like there was a Twister. I think the Twister was the wrap. What was the name of that? That's true. What was what's the this? There's a spicy one. Isn't there a spicy chicken burger? As people that don't really go to, <laughs> to uh, kind of uh, down the line fast food, I'm you know I'm. I'm no stranger to uh, to takeout, but for some reason, burger-based fast food is not... The Zinger, that's what I'm trying to think of. Zinger, that's it. Yeah, great. Whopper, Zinger, Big Mac. You know, like, maybe mm. she's trying to invent that. Or maybe she's trying to come up with the, the ridiculous thing. Um, either way, she's trying to invent it. And then also, I guess, in the meantime... <laughs> You know, maybe yeah, vibes of like a of a Parks and Rec season one. Mm. You've got this kind of like you know, there, there's a fast food restaurant. You know, there's just like it's it's meant to be pr- pretty cruisy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not, yeah, um, it's a holding pattern, but she's extremely ambitious about it. And yeah, I <laughs> yeah, I think the like the energy of her just being so like interested in the aesthetics of the burger but also like assumes she has like an endless budget to invent stuff and just confronting the the like base uh kind of boring slimy everyday nature of of uh, like a suburban 
fast food place. I think that's a good conflict, good tension. Yeah. 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 And, and also, like, endless budget, but all these things are so cheap to make. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> she's got... <laughs> yeah. 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 This, so, okay, so how does it... How's season one end? What's the what's the climax of this? Like, what are we Great. signing up for? Great question. I feel like, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I guess you can either solve her problem by the end of season one mm. is obviously the kind of maybe the core principle. And that's it. She comes up with the burger idea and someone's like, yeah, this is great. Good job. Yeah. And the restaurant picks up. Or I guess on the flip side, maybe season one ends with something bad happening, like mm. Karen T steals her idea again. I guess the classic trope would be she invents it, fat chickens approaches them and is like, we're going to buy you out and we want you back, Karen. Like, you'll have you'll have your endless set of um, uh, the focus groups and, like, marketing team and your corner office in, like, the Manhattan skyline and <laughs> you'll have it all, but you'll get back and, and we'll buy, like, we'll buy out this little place and we'll oh, make right, it just... really high tech and everything. Um You've done it. You're you're back in it. And of course, like season one ends with her like rejecting it and is like, no, I'm going to make Bangbergs, Bangbergs, the next big thing. Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to join you. I'm going to like beat you. Yeah. And she embarks like with renewed energy to make Bangbergs like the new fat chickens. Yeah, there you go. That's nice. Yep. Love it. Getting chills. Chills, I tell you. Chills. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm rooting yeah. for her now. You know, you're, you're saying that. I'm like, yes, good. Yeah, now she's, she's got like, heart. Now she's got loyalty. Yeah. And they're like, you're like, Bangberg's never going to go nowhere. Like, no. They're, 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 yeah, it's just a stepping stone to get they're back on to the, They're on the back, of the back end of the wave. Like, all these fan mm. fast food chains have been established for a long time. People aren't breaking out of those habits. You know, like, Bangberg's yeah. is a little corner store <laughs> and it will never go anywhere. Bangbergs. Probably one of her first jobs will be to change the name. I would imagine. I mean, I'm not a marketing expert, clearly, because I can't think of a better name for our podcast. (laughs) But (laughs) let's see if we can crack Bangbergs. We'll put of naming things. Um. All right, I think so. I think we got a good, we got a good season arc. We got a good like, mm-hmm. f- like story engine, right? You got, you got the relationships mm. between these the the people in the restaurant. She's got a rivalry. She's got a, yeah. a main task to do uh, over the course of of the year. You've got some core characters. You've got the the upstarty CEO who's overly nice. You've got the grumpy chef. You've got the main like kind of service operator for the for the. For the restaurant, yeah, you know, I guess you can. It's like fine. You can spread out those demographics as well, you know, because obviously it's usually like sixteen-year-olds running the running the register and stuff for, for yeah. two dollars an hour. So good fun there. Uh, you get lots of yeah. comedy with like just customers. I think coming into the you know day to day and like other problems. Like you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a fast food restaurant at, after no. after midnight. No. Um, oh. like on a night out, and it's just like you know the fucking toilets become. Yeah, um, uh, the place of 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 destruction. Just a quagmire. Just the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like throw up grog mm-hmm. bogs and mm-hmm. yeah, just messy <laughs> fucking behavior. So there's a reason they lock them. So yeah, I think you know there's 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 lots of lots of gold in them hills. Mm, absolutely. I wonder, have there been TV shows about fast food uh, restaurants before? I'm kind of racking my brain. I can't. I mean, there's been... Okay, I can think of Fat Pizza, a classic Australian 
um, TV show about a pizza shop, um, which holds holds a uh, sweet place in my heart. But still, I guess it wasn't so much about the pizza shop as about all the other characters. Yeah. I wonder why that hasn't taken off. You would have thought like there would be plenty of TV shows, plenty of sitcoms about fast food places. Maybe someone's yelling at their podcast device about some obvious one. Already? Possibly. Um, fast food TV shows... I'm just going to like documentaries like the Size Me documentary. Another one called yeah, Fast Foodies, which is reality. Of course, there's like Man vs. Food. And there's- a lot of documentaries, but no like... Yeah, I just would have thought a good solid sitcom, like a, an institutional comedy mm-hmm. based around the uh, life and times of some hilarious cast of characters in a, uh, a McDonald's knockoff would have been hugely popular. But maybe there's a reason. Maybe it's cursed in some way. Maybe it's hard to make like, a show okay, about there's, that. Okay, there's Bob's Burgers. I've never seen Bob's Burgers, but is that... Right, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I buy it. But I feel like that's less about... I mean, I, I for me, it seems... I mean, more... it is. It's about, like, the burger place. That's a strong component of it. But um, it's also, I guess, it's different from live action, right? You can do some weird and wonderful stuff with cartoons that maybe you're constrained a bit more by by live action. Yeah, right. Um, uh, they're all documentaries. I don't know. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe a, a sitcom about fast food is doomed to fail for some like unwritten reason. Maybe everyone knows this for some reason. There's also um, something called Two Broke Girls. Oh, yeah. Um, which is just about a couple of people who work in a restaurant. looks like a diner. American diner, and they have dreams of running a cupcake business, but are just trying to string money together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's a good little story engine or something to, to aim for. Uh, that and is then of good. Of course, there's like Cheers, which is about a bar, I guess, but not sure. So, like shows with bars and diners, I can think of plenty of sitcoms based around bars and diners that work. Maybe it needs to be more of a diner structure. Like there's something about the sort of fast counter. Yeah, but it has to be fast food, doesn't it? It has to be fast food because there's a there's a a rapport that a diner builds with it with its customers that I feel like your typical fast food does not. But maybe you buck that somehow. Maybe the manager is just like always sitting out in the in the dining area and he knows everyone. Is it? It's like a small small place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I definitely think. I mean, like it's a fast food restaurant. I definitely think. Oh, even fast food restaurants would have their regulars um, that go there yeah. often enough. Uh, I've actually got a friend who used to work for McDonald's. I should ask. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that they'd still have like regulars. You know, I mean, most fast food places do have, have sitting in and takeaway. Obviously, they see a lot of people filtering through like drive throughs et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I like the fast food element of it. You know, I don't want a rolling cast of regulars like in Cheers and like in whatever. I want to... Hmm. Like the, the, okay, yeah. But then you have this sort of always sunny thing where maybe the customers are completely disposable. I, I think I'm more of a fan of that. Yeah. I, than, yeah. I like yeah. that. Um, because that is the more of the spirit of fast food, which is, it's the money of the customers, which is, which speaks and the actual like personalities of the customers are irrelevant. Right. Like sitting They're in a, a fast food end. restaurant almost seems like bizarre. <laughs> yeah. That's for when you're, you finished a sport early. And you're 12. Yeah. And you're exactly. waiting for your parent to pick you up and it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're trying to kill time and yeah, you've got young children <laughs> and they've yeah. got a little yeah. playground or whatever. Like, you know, I think even as an adult, often if I'm like going to get fast food mm-hmm. and I'm going to like eat it stationary, like before yeah. 
I'll like pro- usually I'll probably opt for eating it in my car rather than like sitting in the restaurant to eat it. I'll like I'll go through the oh. drive through, eat it in my yeah. car, and then drive. Off. I secret just between you and me, I love just sitting in a car and just munching down some some fast food, especially if it's it's warm in the car. I got some mm. sun. Maybe mm. working a little nap at the end of that. Yes, I just say I'm waiting for someone. Mm. Yeah, I love. It's like a little. You've set yourself a little meal, and you're your own butler. Yeah. I think it's the height of luxury. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there's just something so complete about the fast food. You know, you get like, you got your, your burger, you got your chips, and you get your drink. You got mm-hmm. like all three, and they tie them up All together, three food groups. Like bang. Yeah. You, and, you know, and it just, you don't have to think about it. You're not like, oh, I should have got a drink. Oh, I need a little bit extra chip. It's like, no, nah, yeah. this is the, the deal that you come with, and you get it. Like, mm. like who's mm. going to a fast food restaurant and just getting a burger? It's not happening. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think this, like, this show gives us a, an opportunity to, to explore all those things that everyone loves about fast food, but hasn't, it hasn't been seen on TV before. Yeah. Or maybe it has. And again, I just can't remember it. Look, it's, 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 an, it's an age-old story in a new setting. And that is a recipe for, for, <laughs> for success. Yeah. That's a good burger recipe. Great. I think, uh, let's, shall we pinch it off there? Yeah. But can I quickly ask before we wrap it up, who plays Karen? That's who's, a great question. Karen? Um, are so we, I can like put a face to the name. Are we... Gonna set it in Australia, or do you want to do it in the the heart of of fast food of America? Um, I don't know. I mean, I like you could um you could do like a Ted Lasso thing where she's from the top like top American marketing firm for fat chicken, and then she gets bumped all the way down to small town Australia and has <laughs> to like convert it to the sort of high powered money driven american style maybe that that lets you cast whoever you want and whomever you want and whomever you hmm well said um uh, okay great mm-hmm. then uh let's see we want someone i guess young professional right kind of few years out of late 20s early yeah. 30s like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh, uh j law great <laughs> easy i'm glad you chose someone who needs the work because this show is going to be hard enough to to get off the ground with what with the mysterious curse on um, fast food sitcoms, uh, without also having to chase down a kind of a list actor. Yeah, without so good to, to, to get Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, you know, you never know. I mean, Sunny got Danny DeVito, so <laughs> and and Jenny Lorito is the Danny DeVito of. Um, of, of the incredible A list <laughs> award winning. Yeah. I mean, this is a problem because if I type in, like, you know, female actors into Google, mm-hmm. then I'm only going to get a bunch of A listers. You know, show me a B list. That's true. We, we should really have at hand a, um, a list of the top performing C list celebrities um, and upper D list. So D. if I. If I type C-list celebrities, I get... Oh, I see. I just got it. <laughs> it was like, oh, what's so C-list about 50 Cent and Abby Cornish and, like, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? They're all pretty... Oh, I see. <laughs> Their last names just start with C. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> yeah, I look like a fool now. Yeah, you sure do. Wait, is that what they mean by C-list? People whose names start with C? Um... 
Yes, Cora is helpfully pointing out that C-list celebrities are celebrities that you would recognize their face but wouldn't be able to call to name, uh, oh. call to mind their name. Well, then maybe we go to B-list. Yeah, lower B-list, I think. B-minus list. I got to say, this B-list that has been compiled by a friendly user at IMDb is pretty arrogant to suggest people like Michael Sheen, yeah. Nikolai Kostovaldau. Are you seeing this list? Yeah. I'm Adam Driver. Adam, Adam Driver's on there. I'm like, this guy's been in a star Lena Headey. Actually, basically the entire <laughs> cast of Game of Thrones is on here. These are big Jason Bateman. <laughs> He's a big actor. Yeah, these are huge. If okay. these are B-lists... Robert Patterson. He's in fucking Batman. How small yeah. is the A-list? Bruce Willis. Are you out of your mind? Wait, is Bruce... <laughs> A Hemsworth, to be fair, it is the B-list Hemsworth, so that checks out. That checks out. Alicia Keys, what? This is nonsense. Um, Lily James, actually, that, I mean, I I would say that she's still more A-list, but she is intriguing. I think she could play this character, especially should we make the show British? I think she could Ah, play this. Definitely make it British. Also, just to continue this outrageous B-list claim, David Duchovny is... That's interesting because that suggests that B-list is just A-listers that have kind of not done anything for a while. And maybe that's a fair. But at some point, like if you're A-list enough, I think you get a lifetime access to the A-list um, designation. Maybe David Duchovny is a bit niche. You think he's niche? Yeah, a little bit. I think in, in his heyday, he would have been hugely A-list. Like during X-Files. Yeah. And Californication. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of the only two things he's done, right? Yeah, but once you've done... And Evolution. <laughs> Which yeah, I love. No, come on. I love everything David Duchovny's done. I mean, I'm a huge X Files fan. I love X Files and Evolution. Okay, great film. And Californication. I've, I haven't seen all of it, but all the bits I've seen, I've really enjoyed. But would you call him like an A-lister? Like, I mean, would you put him in like with the Tom Cruises of the world and the fucking Bruce Willis's? <laughs> Bruce Willis's B-list. And I <laughs> the Adam Drivers. Are, oh no, Adam Drivers. <laughs> list. Would you put him with the Toby Joneses and the Christian Slaters of the world? <laughs> Christian Slaters. Surely he's not as big as so Penn Badgley or Adelaide Kane. Adelaide Kane is a great name. Um, okay, we're drifting. <laughs> we're, no, we've, we've drifted. We've drifted. Who we're going to cast as our main lady in this? I think John Hamm. <laughs> yeah. Of course, reprising his classic character of David Duchovny. Why don't we get a Breslin in there? Let's get Abigail Breslin. Yeah, let's get Abby Brez. Big fan of Abigail Breslin. Yeah, Abby Brez. And we'll get her brother. Let's just get the cast of Where the Millers. Oh, perfect. Let's get a little Will Poulter. He can be the perpetually 17-year-old. I think we get both the Breslins. I think we get Abigail and Spencer Breslin. All right, we'll make it a real Breslin affair. Yeah. I think the Breslins have enough. Um, I typed in Breslin and mm-hmm. the auto, like the autofill suggestion from Google was Breslin actress. <laughs> Just in case you're looking for the, for the boy Good. Breslin or the girl Breslin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like that they come as a, as a pair. And that a casting director would just put, like, Breslin and then in, in parentheses afterwards, boy, if they want Spencer Breslin. In fact, when I click the word Abigail Breslin, the suggestion, mm-hmm. it still autofills to Breslin actress. <laughs> What's that about? I guess there's a whole intrigued audience about whether she's an actress or not, or whether she's just <laughs> playing herself in all these movies and TV shows. Um, yeah, I do like these, these Breslins. All right. We get the Spencer... 
And we got the Abigail. It's a real Breslin affair. Very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that we've got the star power, we can. Um, now we've got the real star power of the Breslins, then it doesn't matter who after that. Yeah, if we go to J Law saying the Breslins are attached, <laughs> and she's like. Uh, Both? Oh, like, like, like Spencer or Abigail? And we're like, the boy and the girl. We just write boy plus girl, Breslins. Breslins. And she's like, oh, shit, where do I sign up? And we're like, okay, well, they're not like signed on, signed on, but they're like a heavy maybe. We kind of have a handshake, verbal handshake agreement. So, I have to like soften the language there. J-Law, we want you. Um, Of course, all the money's tied up in the Breslins, Mm -hmm. so we can't pay you a lot. Yes. (laughs) This would have to be a labor of love for you, J-Law, because the Breslins... When you take them as a couple, you'd think they'd be cheaper, but there's a sort of um, luxury cost to having both <laughs> Breslins. <laughs> the Breslins have fancy tastes and uh, they, need, yeah. they need new things. They need new things every day. They also hate being on set together. So, yeah, you need a minder. You need a Breslin coordinator. j we really want you just to stand in as the other Breslin from whenever we need to shoot <laughs> just the two Breslins in the same scene. So that they- J-Law, have you ever heard of the job stunt Breslin? <laughs> because <laughs> you're going to have to get used to that. You won the Oscar for best stunt Breslin. Um, no, let's, yeah, push on. All right, we'll, we'll be back after this word from our sponsor. Hey there, listener. Do you have a cool business idea and you're looking to try and get it in front of customers? Well, why not try and sponsor it on this podcast? Uh, we've got no sponsors, which isn't a good indicator of reach, but we'll literally sponsor your thing for free. So get in touch with us today, right now. Steamy Potential Podcast. Find us on Instagram. And you too can have an ad filled with random crap. And thank you, sponsor, for that kind, kind word. Uh, mm. We would like to remind our audience, any uh, business out there or uh, inventor who would like their product An inventor. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, you know, get in touch. An entrepreneur. Perhaps. Yeah, reach out to us. Yes. Um, on social media or our email, steamypotential at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We monitor that account most closely. It is filling up, baby. Filling up. Mm-hmm. Lots of Google. Um, so, we push on, right? So, what do we got next? Right. Uh, so, full disclosure. Disclose. We had a pitch uh, that we have decided uh, we're going to cut from this episode. We recorded it just before. Uh, and uh, after review, we thought that Maybe now isn't the time to pitch that show. Yeah. To be honest, we went away and slept on it, and we've really racked our hearts and brains about it, and it's um, not the right time for it or the right place for it. Um, And, uh, yeah, so we're going to put that in the back pocket and and give you something else. Mm. So, uh, this thing... Now, I don't know if you remember, at the start of the episode, I did say I had a, a, a good pitch... And yeah. a shitty pitch. Um, okay, so this is the good one then. So this is the good one. So <laughs> settle in for the fun yeah, time. Good, <laughs> great. I'll okay. adjust my uh, my lazy boy armchair <laughs> until I'm sufficiently comatose. Yep. Bring on the good. <laughs> uh, yeah. This show is called 
too big. When Stan Rodriguez finds a genie in a bottle, he thinks his life is about to change for the better. Well, it's definitely going to change. Stan wishes for three things. To be rich is the first one. Number two, to be sexy. And three, to have the world's biggest penis. What he didn't realize was that he didn't specify the species of penis, so he ended up with a sausage from a blue whale. And now he can't go anywhere, and he can't get it up without passing out due to the amount of blood that rushes out of his body. He also has to keep dousing it with seawater, or it'll die. And if it dies, he dies. Meanwhile, Stan has to coach the local soccer team to victory at the state pennant. But his dick is too big. It's too big. (laughs) Now, listener, if you're wondering, what was the idea they cut that was too off-colour or on-the-nose that this was the replacement idea? Um, That's a great question. And it just, it behooves you to think of of how rough it must have been that this is our... um, this is our ringer. Uh, I mean, I love it. So, I, <laughs> big fan. What could it be? <laughs> big fan of this. Uh, I love that the research has gone in that a blue whale penis is one of the, the world's largest penises. I Not did extensive ratio of this, one so. sentence uh, research. Good. What animal has the biggest penis? Yep. Blue whale. Not as big as I think you'd mm. think. Like, in your mind, you're probably picturing, like, you know... Yeah, proportionally. A, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're thinking, oh, is that like a car? It's not like a car, but it's, it's big. It's not. It's not like a car, but it's not so far from a car. I mean, 10 feet, what's that? That's over three meters. It's bigger than, a, like, a, a Fiat Cinquecento or a smart car. Sure. There are cars that would be smaller than a blue whale's penis. I guess... I guess. How many the, cars are there that would be smaller than it? And how many cars are there that would be bigger than it? But then also, Welcome I guess when I say... Not, <laughs> the, not the price is right, but the penis size is right. <laughs> and if you can guess which car is just as big as it, you get yeah, to take that car home. You win that penis. <laughs> you get to take home... <laughs> Both 150 pounds of of blue whale penis and two tons mm-hmm. of car. But I mean, like the penis is only um, a foot, like in diameter, mm, yeah, uh, on average. So it's not like you know, no, it's, it's not the girth, yeah, of a cinquecento. And he no. can he can uh, you know, like yeah, still get around with it. I mean, if they weigh they weigh 150 pounds. What's that in kilograms? Just for uh, our Australian... 60? 60 kilos or 60, something? Yeah, 68 kilos. That's pretty good. pretty good conversion there. 68 kilos. Hmm. Um, so that is, you know, hmm. like it's an adult. <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah, that's a full human, um, which is so anato- anatomically is, <laughs> is going to be tricky for sort of the um, staging of this TV show, I guess, because... All of his normal day-to-day activities are now um, impossible, I would assume. Well, this, you know, this is the question that I ask that I was kind of curious to, to know your thoughts on. Is it that, because obviously he's got to coach um, the, the soccer team. And he, I guess Good. my question because is... Because there's no way he can possibly disguise this phenomenally huge penis. <laughs> I mean, it's unless he does. I mean, unless it's... The first thing he has to figure out is, um, I mean, all I can picture is is, is Randy's 
huge balls that he bounces around on. Um, but there must be another way of doing it. Right. So, so does he have like a trolley type situation, like a little wagon vibe, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. that he just kind of like, and he has this kind of little bed sheet around um, that he just kind of wraps it in. Uh, yeah, and, and do people... Oh, well, okay, so he's already won, he's already had two wishes granted, which are that he's rich and, and sexy, so presumably that's going to get him a lot of the way there. He can basically buy his way out of whatever this, this issue is, right? The, the, the question of how to disguise this, I mean, he pays for some highfalutin technology that can... Make it invisible. I don't know, make it, yeah, well, at least like wrap it in a very economical way and... Uh, I don't know. Is <laughs> I'm pulling. I'm pulling up a blank about how you disguise this thing. Maybe it's simply that it just can't be this big. Maybe we have to to step back from the sheer length, the sheer size of this thing, and say it's more like four feet, not ten feet. Not ten feet. Well, okay. So this is my other. Or are you married query, to how long it is? is what yeah. if? I mean, he did wish for the the biggest penis. What if it's like when it's flaccid? Uh-huh. When it's flaccid, it's um it's normal size. Okay. Now we're in the realm of reality. Okay. Um it's flaccid, it's normal. But wait. Size. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, it's, good. Right. Okay, but now flaccid. now we have to reintroduce okay. yeah. the tension. Okay, so yeah. it's flaccid it's normal sized, right? But maybe yeah. right, he uh gets aroused by soccer. Maybe he gets... Right, right. Well, I just think maybe we change the soccer thing now. Uh, oh, and maybe okay. he works as like, you know, a, like a like a, a porn for, for filmographer, videographer, or like a... Maybe he like writes the articles for Playboy and... Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, he's in a job that would that we, most people would find arousing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or I mean, or maybe not. I mean, maybe porn filmographers are and cinematographers are like totally professional, and there's no arousing nature to it for them. But probably let's get assume there is. Eventually, right? You probably would. It'd probably be actually kind of gross for a little bit um, to see how the sausage is made, um, <laughs> <laughs> as it were. Um, yeah, I think picking something that you would be expected to get. <laughs> Aroused him, but then that's a short list of jobs. I I don't hate that he has he has a fetish for something. <sighs> it's tricky. We have to find the right mechanics for this, don't we? It is tricky, um, and I think it's tricky because the idea is very half baked <laughs> and stupid. Yeah, he's maybe he's going to get like aroused for something weird, or maybe he's trying to date, or like you know he's got a lot of dates, or maybe he's got mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe we can take um, take some cues from another program which uses this mechanic. Um, Denmark launches children's TV show about a man with a giant penis. Can you not? Denmark. Can this tiny Scandinavian country get its mind out of the gutter? This is not the show I was trying to think of, but it does, you know, I'm not going to read it all out here, but go away, listener, and... And search this up because it um, this is bonkers. Uh, no, What's I'm trying to think called? of. Do you? Well, it's called um, uh, John Dillamand. Um, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the. I think it's an HBO show about a um, a gentleman. A uh, hung. That's what it is. Hung. Right. Okay. So so HBO show called Hung. Um, ironically, also a high school basketball coach um, who is short on money and then decides to use his incredibly large um package to make money um as a 
gigolo as a as a male prostitute, um, which shows that there is a way to do this. That there is a way to make a um, you know a successful, ostensibly comedy drama show about a a very well proportioned gentleman. Um, I'm just having a look at John Dilliman right now. <laughs> okay, he's yeah, a review good. from a his review from a parent. Pretty messed up yeah. show. The show is about a guy called John Dilliman, which is a person that has a long, stretchable dick that he uses mm-hmm. to swing around to fly like a helicopter. And a lot of other stuff. Sure, it's a cartoon, but this show's target audience is four to five. I can't believe they're showing and teaching these sorts of things to kids. It's messed up. And it is in the context of, of your typical British or American show. But, you know, the Danes are <laughs> decades ahead of us. And we'll all look back and think, why weren't we showing our kids this um, in, in hindsight? Um, but that doesn't make it. Doesn't make it fit for purpose for every culture, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so maybe, maybe this, the lesson here is we take your show to to Scandinavia, um, where where that kind of stretching of the imagination is is more acceptable. So then, in that case, maybe he just does. It is always large. Um, it's always just big and and large, and he doesn't even get aroused by it anymore. Maybe I mean he's just got. A massive appendage that he needs to get around with, but like, yeah, maybe, and maybe that is the show. Like, maybe we don't need to, we don't need to to push it any further than that. Like, I mean, okay, mm. imagine if you had a three meter long appendage. Yeah, like, what, let's let's walk you through the day. You get up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Terrific morning wood. <laughs> Seal, ceiling broken. Your ceiling is yeah. ripped through, and you wake yeah, up to a like beautiful patch, sunrise. It's a patchwork of, of like. <laughs> Wooden patches on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, it's just every morning there's a little bit of destruction. Then, yeah. like, you hop in the shower and obviously you, like, have a bath that you also fill up to wash to wash your appendage. Mm. Um, yeah, hygiene's still important. Doesn't yeah, matter how long yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, you got breakfast. You're sitting at the table. Obviously, it's just kind of, like, curled up under the table. This He has no control over it, right? It's not like a tail. No, like he's got Dillman. no more control than a regular person has control over. Like he can okay, push it around, like, but it's not. Yeah, he can't. He can't wag it. It's not prehensile. No. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Breakfast is just curled up by the fire. Yep. Um, and then he goes to work. He also, you know, has his hobbies. He's, again, soccer coach. Um, and okay, so. Maybe we just need to we just need to nail this mechanic of how he gets around with it and how he hides it, or whether in fact he doesn't hide it. I mean, like obviously he clothes it in a sort of he puts a little massive hot piece. <laughs> Possibly, I mean, maybe all of his colleagues know about the three wishes. They know he made the mistake. He's not Spider Man. He knows, like he's made his peace with this thing. He's the world knows his terrible secret. Um, all he has to do is basically just keep it nonchalant um yeah in in a small trailer or a shopping trolley because it's heavy it's gonna be heavy oh it's i mean it's it's 68 kilo it's definitely heavy yeah so then what he like maybe it's kind of wrapped around like um jabba the hut's personal assistant oh yeah you know who i'm thinking of yeah i do yeah 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 like I think he goes into the office and he's got its own chair. Like maybe yeah. they've maybe they got like a little partner's desk. You know those like desks where you can sit either side of it. That's good. Um, a sidecar on a motorcycle. Yes. Now we're thinking. Yep. That's how he gets around. Mm-hmm. 
sits in the sidecar. Maybe there's a kind of Voldemortian whisper that he hears from it occasionally. It starts to, like, develop sentience. Yes. And maybe only he can hear that. Yep, yep. And it keeps saying that it's hungry and he doesn't know what that means. Yeah. I mean, is it enough to have a regular TV show, you know, just a just a, just a kind of dramedy, trying to get the soccer team up, yep. trying to navigate relationships, and he... The just the thing is, he's also got a big dick. The playbook of writing a TV show, I guess, is you know, take your characters, take your situation, take your institution, and um, you know, cut their their muscles in some way, like cut their their tit, like ligaments, so that they can't run. They can't just run from A to B, but they kind of have to hobble. Whether that hobbling is from you know, they don't have enough money, they are emotionally. Uh, unintelligent and fight with their, their, you know, their relationships are hobbled, their career is hobbled, their family is hobbled. In the case of actually literally making someone unable to sort of get around because their penis is too big, then it, in a way, it kind of, it goes lazy and then it comes back around and it's like, well, how do you actually make this? Because if you make it in a lazy way, it's never going to get made because what's the script he just he can't he can't get around but if you make it more like breaking bad maybe it's not a comedy it's it's like this guy has to go from zero to hero and no one can know about his terrible secret but he wants to become whatever president win a nobel prize something impressive and we see that journey of his like self-made like hero's journey Again, with the huge weight of his penis hanging around his neck, but he pulls it off, and like you wouldn't know it to think, like to see it at the end. Wow, how did how did he get there? We see how he got there, and I'm, I don't know how he gets there. See, that's great because, like, like I mean, yeah, you, you've 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 hit you've hit on the interesting kind of like development television thing, right? Like, I, you know, you just to go back to like a medical TV show, you know, like Scrubs, mm-hmm. right? It's like, right. yep, intern doctor. Starts medical career and he's got to deal with relationships and unpredictable staffers at mm-hmm. the hospital, right? And that went for nine seasons. Then there's Dr. Ken, which is Ken, a physician, tries to balance out his personal life and career whilst dealing with his therapist wife and two demanding children. And it's like, mm-hmm. also a comedy, lasted two seasons. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, here are two TV shows with the same premise, and one is a raging success and one is an incredible failure. Hard to know, isn't it? It is hard to know. So what, what separates those two TV shows? What separates, you know, Scrubs from Dr. Ken, House from Do- also Dr. Ken? Well, part of the problem with Dr. Ken, I think, is that the world just doesn't want to accept that Ken Jeong is a, is a real doctor. <laughs> uh, because he is, I, I, right? I think that is like, he's, he famously is a... Um, a licensed physician. Yeah. <laughs> and yet when he does his like stand up about it, all you can think is this guy was naked jumping onto someone's face <laughs> out of the, the boot of a car. This should this should not be a person that is a <laughs> that is a licensed treating physician. anyone. <laughs> and so when you put him back in the role of a doctor in a comedic environment, I think the like cognitive dissonance just freaks people out. I guess we, we may have missed a little tidbit in, in this mm. as well, right? Like, he had three wishes. He wished to be rich, yep. he wished to be sexy, mm-hmm. and to have the world's biggest penis, right? Yeah. So, I guess the other thing is that he's pretty irresistible right now. He's a, he is a r- extremely rich and extremely attractive, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
there's also a conundrum, and that is he has a penis that is too big, and he's probably got people throwing themselves at his feet. Like, imagine if Brad Pitt in his heyday just yeah. had an, a 10-foot penis. <laughs> Again, it's very big, isn't it? Even Brad Pitt, I feel like the tabloids would be like, you know, Brangelina, are they going to work? And also, remember remember this guy's famously deformedly big <laughs> penis, which is always on the front cover of this magazine because it's still news. Like, we, the world can't get over how gargantuan, how elephantine this member is. The other thing to remember is that he has to keep dousing it with seawater. Yeah, I forgot or that. it'll die. And that's important. And if it dies, I'm glad he you dies. put that in. <laughs> yeah. If your penis dies in the Matrix, you uh, do die. <laughs> you do die in real life. Um, yeah, dousing it with seawater is, is really actually integral to the plot. And I'm glad you brought it up again. Because it might be the solution to the kind of impasse that we're at. Which is that he can carry it around in a small aquarium. And he calls it... His, I don't know, muse, his lungfish muse. And people don't know what it is still. And that's part of his allure, I guess. Because, again, the, the genie has to square square the circle on this one, which is that to be both sexy and have a huge penis, again, impossibly huge, is a tricky line to walk. How does the genie pull that off, I wonder? Have, have we bitten off a TV show mm. that is too big here? Do we need to reduce the size of his penis? Just make it. But, like, that has been done, like, hung, you know, that's done. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, I, I think go bigger, Yeah, if anything. I don't want to go smaller. Okay, great. If we're going to call this thing too big, it should be too big. It shouldn't just be big. <laughs> it, should be. <laughs> it should be each time you see the show, it's bigger, and there is zero explanation for why it is, other than it's just too big from whatever that you thought it was before. You thought it solved his problem? No, no, no. It's, it's too big for that. This thing is too big. And you're like, was it always... That big? That's too big. And, yeah. like, even I think we have problems filming on set often. Like, you know, just to capture this full thing, it's like we're just so far back. These cameras are so far back from the situation <laughs> yes. right now. Yeah, it's going to be hard to sort of capture his and the whole cast's emotional state. I mean, the sort of montage of face, viewpoint, penis, back to face, these kind of classic montage, like sequences of shots are going to be impossible to film. Oh, impossible to film. This is this is going to be one of these really difficult, but the payoff is going to be insignificant. It's going to be very, very boring. <laughs> Negligible payoff. And people are going to be like, oh, oh. Yeah. Do, is the problem, is the problem the problem? Is that he needs to, like, win the state flag? Is that the issue? Like, do we need to give him a more... Like a more mundane, yeah, issue or or a bigger issue. What? Which direction are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking like yeah, like a more like a bigger issue. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So maybe it's that he he possesses a particular set of skills that means that he has to do something. E.g., he's the only person that can pilot this new spacecraft, space shuttle that has to get to Mars. Now, unbeknownst to NASA. He has found a real-life genie. Um, how we kind of square the sci-fi element of this with its bizarre old-school fantasy element, that's fine. He finds a genie, wishes that his penis was huge. Now, he and NASA have to figure out how to squeeze him into this spacesuit and make the, make the, um, the mission 
still work to get him because home. they can't replace him. He's irreplaceable to get, <laughs> to get him home. Like he's yeah, I guess space. I thought like, oh, okay, he's out in space. Yeah, it's the hottest new sci-fi series that Netflix is about to pull off TV. So you better watch it this week. It's about to leave. It's about one guy in space. Uh, he's stuck out there. Bring him home. Bring him home. It's the Martian. It's the Martian. Um, and he's stuck on Mars. They have to get him home. But this time, the in big spite dick of isn't Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> and there's your tagline. <laughs> so this thing sells itself, doesn't it? It's, look, maybe it's it's that you can't make a TV show out of a gimmick, out of a one joke gimmick. Yeah, even if it's a gift of the Magi that is delicious and seems to work most of the time in TV shows. If the gimmick is, you know, like Hung. And like Hung was also cancelled after only three seasons. Which, you know, that's a cautionary tale. And I would think um, the bigger the penis, the faster it would get cancelled. Yeah. In general. I think that's yeah, a yeah, it's physics directly. law of the yeah. universe. You get a season per foot. <laughs> I would say so, yeah. You get... You get you start off no, with ten seasons, and then with yeah, every exactly. foot yeah, yeah, yeah. that the penis is, you lose a season. You lose a season, and with yeah, this being it. ten feet, we've almost got to zero. We get a pilot yeah. made, and then it was like we get shut it down. Pilot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> shut the shit down. We do a year <laughs> of rehearsal, <laughs> and then on day one of the pilot being filmed, the costume department brings in the penis, the <laughs> aforementioned penis, and everyone is instantly like. No. This is too big. I'm out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish we'd seen it up kind of ahead of yeah. our lengthy chemistry tests. <laughs> On day um, one, rehearsals. half of the <laughs> half of the crew so just walk out. <laughs> the anyone that's unionized just walks on the spot everyone else gives it maybe an hour and they're like no this is too big this is too much yeah look we have a lot of winners and a lot of losers this particular tv show uh pretty big loser and that's fine but it still goes in the vault doesn't it and at the end of our um staging period of of these ideas when we walk into the the big wigs in Los Angeles, it might be one of the ones we have to pitch. Hey, God forbid. The people at home want us to to pitch too big about standard yeah. riggers and his 10-foot-long penis. Then that's what we'll mm-hmm. do. And we'll find a way. Give we didn't find a way want. today in 25-minute <laughs> discussion. But, no, but God forbid. But God forbid that we have to spend more than 25 minutes trying to sort out how to like make a compelling TV show when the main actor just can't really get anywhere. <laughs> can't fit in things even if he had a wagon system and a special spray bottle that he used to keep his penis doused with seawater like mm-hmm. you know he's not getting on buses he's not <laughs> and we got a sidecar no. look we got uh, yeah it's just there are like tentative solutions but nothing really long term yeah and just yeah. nothing driving the tv show nothing driving it no it's nothing yeah to be continued. Too big continued. <laughs> well, with that said, it looks like we are out of time for our 21st episode. Yes. So we've heard um, today about uh, two ideas, um, one based on the fast food uh, industry. Hungry for success. Hungry for success. <laughs> Hungry for sex okay. is the <laughs> concept of our second <laughs> uh, pitch about a sexy man um, with a just unconscionably large member that really is um, too big to put on TV. It's too big for the small screen would be another tagline that would have gone really well on the one-pager, but 
unfortunately, it did get pulled after half an hour of recording the pilot. <laughs> yeah. And then, we, I mean, we, they spent a lot of money on that, on that, yeah. that dingling. Thank you for joining me, Nick. Uh, Daniel, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining mm. me also. Um, if you like the show, please tell a friend. If you have an idea for a show, please write in and we'll try and yes. get through all the emails and reply to you and pitch your idea on the show and chat about it. Uh, until next week. Stay steamy. And keep that potential up. Good. Good.